Pastor Xavier Reese with this simple truth about leadership. The Lord chose the man to lead the people, answering the petition of Moses. Who was it? Choose Joshua, the son of Nun. God chose Joshua, not Moses. God chose him. Also in verse 21, God revealing the reminder that this was the only way he would be able to lead the people of God effectively. It has to be God's way. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Well, Pastor Xavier, it's nice to have you back in the studio to kick off a brand new series of the book of Joshua. And the opening sequence tipped us off that today's study will focus on leadership. But what exactly was Joshua's job? Well, the job of Joshua was simply to lead the people, not to be the champion of the people, not to make his own calls for the people, but simply to be the commander and servant of the Lord. God had chosen Joshua, God had anointed Joshua to lead the people into the land, and God would direct Joshua on when to go, how to go, and what to do. And this is a simple secret to ministry. Everybody's ministry is different. We cannot compare ourselves among ourselves lest we be unwise, like Paul says. Each person is called, but the diversity of ministry and how and when and how God will do those things will depend on His will and His plans for the individual man, for the individual church, for the individual location. And so, true success is not in the amount of ministry or what ministry you do, but in that you fulfill your call to ministry to do exactly in all that God calls you to do the way He wants it. And so that God gets all the glory and that you can rest in the ministry and you're not striving. You're not worried if your ministry is small or whether it's big. You're doing what God has called you to do and God is adding to the church such as should be saved. And you're enjoying the ministry as much, if not more, than the people sitting in the pew. And so that's what Joshua was called to do. Simple to an extent, but very difficult because you have to stay out of the way. You cannot improvise or help God. And so that is difficult in the human terms. Okay, well, we're looking forward to all this book has to teach us. And since you've been here last, we've added some new stations. So why don't you take this opportunity to encourage listeners to contact us? Yeah, and those of you who are listening now in these uh, new stations that we've added, we would encourage you to write to us. We cannot uh, know if we are being effective in the radio ministry unless you call us, unless you write us, unless you email us. Respond to the programs one way or the other. Your comments are important to us. This way we can be sure that we're ministering effectively and that, you know, we're meeting practical needs. So it's always a a, a very uh, needful thing to monitor the radio, and we can only do that if you're faithful to drop us a line. So we would encourage you to do that, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing uh, the responses that you send. Great. Well, I'll give our address right now. It's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And to send an email, simpletruths at ccpas.com. That's simpletruths at ccpas.com. Or the street address one more time is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And I'll be repeating all that after the study. So right now, let's get today's message underway. Joshua, the Faithful Commander. 
Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 through 9. Joshua is God's soldier, called and commissioned by God to bravely lead the people of God into Canaan, the promised land. It is a place of fierce opposition that can only be won by faith in God and obedience to the word of God. Leaders, as well as Christians that lead by faith and example, are much needed today in the church. Uh, one put it this way, H. Gordon Selfridge, he built one of the world's largest department stores in London. He achieved success by being a leader, not a boss. And here is um, his own comparison of the two types of executives. Listen, a boss uh, drives his men. The leader coaches them. The boss uh, depends on authority, the leader on goodwill. The boss inspires fear, the leader inspires enthusiasm. A boss says I, the leader says we. The boss fixes the blame for the breakdown. The leader fixes the breakdown. There's a vast difference. And for this reason, it was of the utmost importance that Joshua pay heed to the battle orders. And that is why the book opens up with the commissioning of Joshua by God here in verses 1 through 9. Let me read these verses. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given it to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No one, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide us an inheritance, the land which I swore to your fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The commissioning of Joshua is laid out for us in a threefold progression here. Verse 1 and 2, we have the general orders at the commissioning of Joshua. Verses 3 through 7, we have the specific orders at the commission of Joshua, which involves the inheritance. And then verse 8 and 9, the secret to accomplishing the orders given to Joshua. The general orders at the commission of Joshua, verse 1 and 2. To get a proper understanding of this, we have to go back beyond Joshua's book. So just jot down Numbers 27. If you want, you can turn there, and I'll walk you through something. The background for the commission of Joshua took place when Moses was still alive. This begins with the death of Moses. In um, Numbers 27, 
uh, verse 12 through 14, the Lord told Moses to view the land before his death, as you know. And um, the Lord told Moses to go up to Mount Abram to see the land which he had given to the children of Israel. And then he told him that once he saw the land, that he would be gathered to his people as his brother Aaron was. And the Lord gave the reason why, as you read down the verses, because he had misrepresented God there at the waters of Meribah, and he let the people think that God was mad at them when God wasn't mad. They asked for water, nothing wrong for the water. The petition was okay. It was Moses who gave the understanding that God was mad and God was not mad, and Moses was not allowed to go in. The man Moses Rather than pouting, though he was upset, and he mentions it two, three, four times to the children of Israel, <laughs> his request was for a capable man to lead the people into the promised land. It's quite commendable. You get that from verse 15 to 17 in Numbers 27. One who is going to be capable, very specific in verse 17, one who may go out before them, come in, be looked up as a leader. Very specific. One who may lead them in and out, give them directions and guidance. Moses had the people in mind. Even though he could not go in, he had the people in mind. In fact, in verse 17 at the end of the petition was motivated by love for the people. It's evidence of God's love. And so in verse 18 to 23, the Lord chose the man to lead the people, answering the petition of Moses, Joshua, the son of Nun. God chose Joshua, not Moses. God chose him. Notice in verse 18, the key for Joshua's leadership, a man in whom is the Spirit, capitalize S. Verse 20, Moses was to give some of the authority that he had over to Joshua in order that the congregation would not be backbiting, creating divisions when Moses was gone. This is wise administration. In verse 21, the Lord declared the dependency of man on God to lead him. God declared that he would stand before Leezer. So Joshua, though he's called, he's still dependent. He would have to go before Leezer, the priest, who would inquire for the Lord, and before the Lord, through Urim and the Thuman. So there's submission. There's a chain of command. Also in verse 21, God revealing the reminder of the leader that this was the only way he would be able to lead the people of God effectively. It has to be God's way, not my own way. Through obedience, not rebellion. And so the obedience of Moses was followed by the very word, the word of God. And when he was inaugurated, the record of Deuteronomy 31, 23 says, Then he inaugurated Joshua, the son of Nun, and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you, God telling them this. God is the one that's in control. He's doing it all. Now, now we begin here with verse 1. You see, that's important. That's the backdrop. It wasn't Moses that picked him. It was God. Now look at verse 1 there. The changing of leaders ended an epic and began a new one. Moses was a servant of the Lord. Servant, menial serving is the word there. It's used for high officials or kings, the chosen men that God has chosen through the ages, and it's most often used of Moses. So often is this phrase used that uh, it becomes an official title for Moses. It will be used 13 times for Joshua 
He has served Moses faithfully as his assistant for 40 years. Faithful in the small task and every task, always there. For 40 years, Moses has been the head. He has been the leader religiously, domestically, judicially, militarily, civilly. Notice the charge came from the Lord as he spoke to Joshua there in verse 1. How the charge came, we don't know. Was it by vision or dream? We're not told. Was it by an inward prompting? Possibly. We're not sure. The main thing is that God spoke to him and Joshua understood. Joshua had been chosen by God, sovereign, choosing, clearly, leaving no doubt. Listen, first to Joshua, then to the people. If a person as a leader does not know clearly that God has called him, woe to the people, woe to the work. And if the people aren't clear about him being the leader, then woe to the work and woe to the pastor. It's a marriage, pulpit and pew. Notice the Lord charged Joshua here with the responsibility of taking the people over to Jordan. Moses had failed by representing God in the wrong way. Joshua is a type of Jesus Christ, as we've spoken about. Crossing the Jordan with the people. The very river that Jesus Christ was baptized to begin his public ministry. The almighty Jordan. <laughs> Beautiful type. So Joshua was called to prompt obedience and integrity, a servant of God. Now he would do this despite knowing that the people would rebel. We don't know this if we read this, but you have to look in the book of Deuteronomy. You have to consider this, and you'll appreciate Joshua. Listen. Listen to Deuteronomy 31, around verse 28 and 29. Gather to me all the elders of your tribes, and your officers, that I may speak these words in their hearing and call heaven and earth witness against them. For I know that after my death, this is Moses speaking, you will become utterly corrupt and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days because you will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. Whoa. Joshua's receiving this commissioning knowing that these rats are going to rebel. Listen, listen. You and I obey God not because of the positive outcome, not because it's going to be good for me. I obey because God calls me to obey. Too many Christians just obey because they're looking for what am I going to get out of it? Is this going to be good for me? I might, if I raise my children, are they going to be saved? You don't raise them in a godly home and God's word just that they're, because they're going to be saved. You do because God commands you. If we don't understand that our motivation is wrong and we're no different than the world who do things only because they're going to get something out of it. Man, he knew they were going to rebel. He's committed. He's going to do what God has called him to do. The charge of Joshua was, as God's represented them, to possess the land here that he had given to the children of Israel, as verse 2 says. The land belongs to the people of Israel, the Bible says. There's a big question today about who the land belongs to. They have the pink slip. They have the title deed. What is the problem? They don't honor the title deed. They don't believe in the one who bequeathed the land. God was bequeathing the land as a gift to the people of Israel. It's stated over and over and over again. Verse 3, 6, 11, 15, 
just to mention a few. We can keep going if you want. <laughs> the high position of Joshua brought upon him the greater responsibility. There have been men in the past and in the present who have served our nation in a military capacity, who have received orders in times of war and other times. Um, and in receiving those orders, they have known very clearly that they're never going to come back alive. And um, they have done it courageously, they have done it honorably, and they have done it willingly. And these men have never discouraged other men, but they have inspired men to pick up the torch and to do likewise. Should we as Christians do any less as Christian soldiers? Of course not. Hmm. The man, the woman of God takes courage and great benefit from the life of those old soldiers, but they carry on the torch. They're inspired. And so the general orders at the commission of Joshua was a great day. It was a great day. They've been waiting 40 years, <laughs> this generation. Mm. Now you know why God had all the older generation die. Because they would have been there saying, oh, what a bummer. It's not the way it used to be. Shut up. And sometimes some of the old saints have to die before God really begins to do a good work. Because <laughs> they're always looking back. Hmm. Notice, secondly, the specific orders at the commission of Joshua involve their inheritance. Verse 3 through 5, the charge to Joshua had, uh, has some precise details. Verse 3, the condition was personal individual to possess the land. Listen to the words. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon. The children of Israel had limited the Lord in the wilderness. Psalm 78, 41 says, God wanted to do so much more for them. They never believed God. You as parents want to do so much for your children. I want to do so much. And my children have limited at times what I can do for them. Because they got brain damage. Because they're jerks at times. Because they think they know better. Just like you and I were towards our parents. It's not that God can't do it. They limited the Holy One. Believers today, I think, live a, a substandard life often in Christ because we limit God and we give excuses, justifications instead of just dying to self and obeying and trusting him to do the work. Hmm. The certainty of it, notice, begins with their inheritance and it's marked by the words, I have given you as I said to Moses, God had already given the land. God had told the same thing to Moses already back in Deuteronomy 11 and other places. The complete territory has specific boundaries. They're given in verse 4. From the wilderness of Lebanon as far as the great river Euphrates. The wilderness refers to the Negev, the south, the Arabian desert. Lebanon, the Lebanese mountains. All the land of the Hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territories. The Egyptians and Babylonians referred to the area as the uh, country of the Hittites, even after the conquest, and all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. So here's the boundaries. That entire land is vast. It has never been accomplished or conquered. Never did they do it going in, nor in Solomon and David's reign completely. That will be fulfilled in the millennial kingdom when Jesus Christ takes his divorced wife, brings her in, and gives her the land. He's bringing them back right now a little bit at a time. <laughs> We're moving towards that. 
It goes all the way from Iraq, all the way down to uh, the uh, Nile, uh, from the Euphrates rivers, and, and not only from the west of the Mediterranean, but over to the east side, over Jordan, too. It's a vast area. Notice verse 5. The commitment of God to Joshua by the divine promise. The promise of a victorious life, first of all. Listen to the words. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The words here are like verse 3 to 5. Both of them from 3 to 5. They're similar to those in Deuteronomy. Reminding us the close relationship between the book of Deuteronomy and the book of Joshua. The book of Joshua is the fulfillment of the book of Deuteronomy. All the promises. Notice, secondly, the promise of a life directed by God. So not only a victorious life, but directed by God. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Joshua had witnessed the miracles and the signs in Egypt by the hands of Moses, but he knew that God would do it. God would do the same thing. He was there. Notice, thirdly, the promise of a life of confident assurance about God's companionship and faithfulness. Listen to the words. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Literally, I will not abandon or drop you or leave you in the lurch. That's good. <laughs> you remember being young and small and you wouldn't go someplace unless your father went with you? But when your father was with you, you walked around, you know, you're confident. This is what he's talking about. Hmm. Notice the charge to Joshua has a prompt exhortation addressing three things in verse 6 to 7. First, be a faithful leader regarding the people and before the people in dangerous confrontation. The task will not be easy. Hear the words. Be strong and of good courage. Whoa. <laughs> this is repeated three times. Verse 6, 7, and 9. Be of good courage twice. 6 and 9. And then one time, very courageous, verse 7. Wow. There must be some bad times ahead. Are you ready for the times ahead? Do you think it's going to be all smooth sailing? It isn't. We live in a fallen world. We live in an evil world. Notice secondly, be a faithful administrator to the people regarding their divine inheritance of the land. Hear the words. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. This is the second time God states he was giving the land as a gift. Verse 2, verse 3. It's a gift. You do not deserve it. So often we think we deserve everything. In fact, in Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12, in other areas, God said, now when you go in to the land and you take these barns full of fruit, you go to these vineyards you haven't planted, you get the harvest you haven't reaped, don't think it's you. you don't, I've given it to you. And I tell you this so you don't forget your God. And in spite of the warning, they did. God is so good to us, isn't he? How long would you put up with you? The promise of this divine inheritance had been given to Abraham, as you know, way back, Genesis 15, Genesis 12 also, and many other portions. This is the fulfillment of it. Joshua was merely a replacement of Moses as God's servant, representing the promises of God to be fulfilled. 
Pastor Xavier Reese with the hopeful reminder for us regarding the courage that can be found when we adhere to the Word of God. And you can request a copy of today's challenging study from our new series of the Book of Joshua called Joshua the Faithful Commander, available on CD for just $4. The title to ask for once again is Joshua the Faithful Commander, or simply mention today's date when you write. And again, use this address for your comments to Pastor Xavier of the broadcast as well. It's Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And once again, for those wishing to respond with an email for Pastor Xavier, you can address that to simpletruths at ccpas.com. We'd love to hear from you today. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station, however you get in touch. This is helpful information as we monitor the impact of our radio ministry. Now, do people of character have an easier go at life by striving less? The answer may surprise you. Find out when you tune into the next edition of Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com